It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use from Car Edge for Thursday, February 15th, payday for me, by the way, and uh, with your host, me, if it's taxable, it's negotiable, Ray, and uh, my damn good-looking son, Zach, how are you today, handsome? I'm doing great, Pops. Happy Thursday to everyone. We are one day closer to Friday. Dad, we are going to be talking about how right now is the worst time in history to own a car. And you know why it's the worst time in history? Do you have a guess why it's the worst time in history to own a car? Uh, well, I, I know we've, we've lived through the Ice Age, the Dark Ages, and apparently we're in the age of hyperbole. No, please explain it to me. The uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics just came out with uh, the annual uh, inflation with regards to uh, motor vehicle insurance debt. Any guesses how expensive or how much the price for motor vehicle insurance has gone up? 24%. 24%? Not a bad guess, Dad. Let me uh, share it on the screen. Let me blow this up, actually, so we can all see it nice and big. All right. Bear with me, folks. And here it comes. That motor vehicle insurance, let me get my mouse on it so you can see it, yeah, is up 20.6%. Wow. That's all? I was reading an article just yesterday. <laughs> that's all. Just yesterday, uh, I think it was Allstate or Progressive coming back in the state of California, but the only condition is that they've increased prices by about 40%. That the cost of auto insurance and the cost to own a vehicle has become more and more prohibitive. The Wall Street Journal had an article about that today. The Financial Times had an article about that today. The cost to own a car yes. keeps going up. Yes. And un unfortunately, not many people can actually uh, you know, justify spending over $1,000 a month in aggregate on their vehicle. So did they give any indication as to why insurance rates are going up? I, 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 I have my own speculation. Would you like me to share? Yeah, why do you think insurance rates are climbing 21% year over year? Um, because manufacturers are building more expensive vehicles with higher content, and um, they're more expensive to A, insure, because it, you know it's an $80,000 pickup truck instead of a $40,000 pickup truck, and B, they're more expensive to repair when they're in accidents. So in my theory and my yeah. warped mind, if manufacturers would have continued to build less expensive vehicles in greater numbers, and let's face it today, less than 10% of all new cars that are offered right now have an MSRP below $30,000. Few years ago, that number might have been 30% or 35%. So the average transaction price and average um, MSRP have gone up yeah. significantly more than 20.4%. And yeah. so insurance companies, because of, of the, all those added costs, are forced to, uh, to increase rates. Yeah, I think you could be honest. I've been shocked that extended warranty prices, we sell an extended warranty uh, vehicle service contract back at carriage.com. I've been shocked that those prices haven't skyrocketed. Stop. Don't give your 
administrator. No, but I mean, it ge- I mean it genuinely, right? Because the cost to purchase the vehicle has gone up. So like, imagine, I imagine all aspects, the parts then yes. to replace it are more expensive. The labor rates are going to be more expensive. So I look at auto insurance and I look at like pseudo insurance products, like a, like an extended warranty or service contract. And it's like, I, I don't get why one has skyrocketed and the other has stayed the same because you've got to imagine the cost of repair and maintain vehicles has also gone up. Triple A has done the research. We've done our own research back on CarEdge.com. Just overall, the cost to own the vehicle has become more expensive. So I think your hypothesis could be right about insurance. And it, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I'm a little uh, befuddled because I don't understand why we haven't seen it show up in other places as well. Um, uh I don't know. I, I'm, I'm guessing homeowners insurance has probably gone up. I know I see it on my condo that it has gone up every year, um, you know, because homes are more expensive today. Everything is more expensive to repair if there's an issue. Uh, and especially automobiles and trucks. Uh, yeah. If, if, if you're driving an $80,000 pickup truck and you have, I don't know what might be considered a minor accident and a minor accident, you know, might be that it only, only costs 10 to 15% of what the original selling price was. So if a minor accident's $8,000 when in the past, a minor accident was, I don't know, $4,000, then you can appreciate and understand why insurance companies have to raise their rates because the cost to repair every one of these vehicles, when there is an issue, when there has been an accident of some kind has skyrocketed. Um, and it's skyrocketed because that's what the manufacturers want to sell. You know, I read one of the comments yesterday uh, about our segment about Jeep, and, and yeah. the comment was, hey, they have figured out, Stellantis has figured out how to sell two-thirds as many Jeeps as they used to and make more money, more money on those on on those two thirds less. Or, yeah. So so you know I I bash the hell out of them, but you know truth of the matter is from a business perspective, when um, your your entire reason for being is to increase shareholder value, yeah. What could be a better way? You, you, you have figured out how to sell fewer vehicles, less vehicles, and yet make more money. Yeah, um, they're doing more with less. Yes. You know, now, have they cut out 83% of the buying public in order to do that? Absolutely. Will someone come along and, and say, well, there's 83% of the market that most of the major players have abandoned what happens if we go and play in that sandbox? And, yep. you know, I was reading yesterday that BYD, uh, yeah. the, the Chinese EV uh, manufacturer, they're in negotiations in Mexico to build a plant. Well, what do you think is going to happen if they build a plant in Mexico? It's They're not building a plant in Mexico to ship the damn cars to China. Okay. <laughs> They're, they're building a plant in Mexico, I don't know, to ship the damn cars up north. So yeah. suddenly there could be that player that jumps into that sandbox and says, we don't care about the 17%. We want to provide affordable transportation for the 83% or 
And we bet if we have enough volume, and we'll have volume because we're the only player, that yep. they'll make a ton of money. Just a thought. Uh, I think it's a, uh, the same strategy that Toyota used when they came to the United States back in the mid-50s or early 60s, uh, mid to late 50s, early 60s. It's a strategy that we've seen play out in the past. And not only have vehicle prices gone up so much, so that increases or that builds the case for why it's a bad time to own a car. You factor in all the ancillary costs, the insurance, the interest payments, the cost of maintenance, the cost of repairs. No wonder BYD's doing yeah yeah the depreciation. No wonder BYD's doing what BYD's doing. I mean, there's no sign that that's gonna. Is is there any signal that like I don't know in the next two or three years we're gonna see a revert a reversion back to you know a uh, 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 downward pressure on insurance costs or downward. I mean, the only bright spot right now that is gas isn't that expensive. You know, we've gone through car ownership phases where gas was the yes. big headline. It's, like that's the one bright spot today. I don't think we're five years away from. Sure, maybe gas is the is the uh, the 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 dark spot on the uh, of the equation, and everything else is bright. Like it, it, all signs point to it, just continue to be more expensive to own a vehicle, creating a great strategy for BYD. If the future holds the way um, governments and manufacturers seem to think it will hold which is the advent of more and more EVs out there. For anybody who thinks that the um, cost of electricity will not go up when the vast majority of the vehicles out there are electric, well, you're, you're, you're out of your mind. Um, of course it'll go up. You know, they can make it, the electricity could be relatively cheap today, you know, but but five years from now or 10 years from now, you know, it, it could be officially the worst time ever to own an EV because a insurance costs have gone up and B the cost to to refill the battery, to recharge the battery. The cost of that electricity has gone up dramatically. Um, there is, there is no way in hell that as that demand for electricity increases, that these utilities won't say to themselves uh, and, and, and the private players out there that, yeah. that own the charging stations won't say to themselves, time to raise our rates. I, I, you know, yeah. that's You're what's right. going to happen. Right. Gas will You're be right. really cheap because there won't, there won't be a need for as much gas as there had been, and electricity will become more expensive. Let me ask you a question. Before we go too far down, the every every show is becoming an EV show, which is a little tiring for me to be honest. So let me ask you a question. Yes. What do you think the average amount of uh, cost is to insure a vehicle for a year in the United States of America? What do you think? The average cost? To yeah. In 2023, the average rate for a full year of auto insurance. What was it in 2023? $1,500. More. You should know by now, whatever number you come up with. How many yeah. cars did Stellantis sell? That's the only one where you say less than what you were yeah. thinking. Dad, the average US rate for full auto insurance surged to $2,019, a 24% increase from $1,633 in 2022, and nearly a 29% jump from $1,567, $1,567 the previous year. That comes from Insurify. Insurify. So, so, so are, are you suggesting by that that? That I should be happy. I pay one hundred and eighteen dollars a month to drive uh, two miles a week 
Uh. <laughs> it's wild, man. So two grand our, a year what's, on what's, average. That's twelve hundred, and um, and then another. So I pay fourteen hundred hours a year. You're well below average. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I have many a teacher that would have suggested that um, <laughs> and did on report cards back to my parents. You know, your son is well below average. Um, but even having said that, 1,400 hours a year, you know, that that's based on me driving less than than 7,500 miles a year. And, and the reality is that it's you know, it's it's probably less than three thousand miles a year. So, you know, I think that's quite high for the amount of driving I do. Now, it is a lease, so I carry higher insurance limits on it because it is a lease, and I'm required to by the leasing company. Um, but still, that seems like a lot of money to to do. Damn it! I should I should I should live without a car. I mean, when when it, when you when you look at it. For the amount of driving I do, legitimately. You just had an epiphany. Uh, I mean, I don't drive anywhere, hardly at all. So it's it's to the point when I come to visit you and your sister and, and, and uh, your brother-in-law, Zach, and, and Laura, I take the train from Atlantic City to Philadelphia and then from Philadelphia to D.C. I don't even drive there anymore. So... Really, what? Why? Why am I spending fourteen hundred dollars a year in insurance costs, plus what four hundred and seventy-five dollars a month? Uh, this is this is the equation that I think people nationwide are doing right now, man. You, you know, I've I've joked in the past. You know, the the owner of the Red Room Cafe around the corner from me drives a Vespa. And and I've often said, you know, I should get rid of the damn car and I should just have a Vespa because I, I, I don't go anywhere. I mean, legitimately. Right, let's keep, let's, let's <laughs> keep moving, Bob. But I think you're making a very compelling case for why owning a car right now is not a great move. If you don't need yeah. it. And which is a total departure from how this country has worked for the longest time. And to be very clear, you live in a small beach town in a year round. If you live anywhere outside of that, that's not a city. Like if you're living in, um, you know, the the central states, of the United, you still need a car to get around. It's just terrible. It's a terrible time to own one because of how expensive, how how terribly expensive it has become. It's juxtaposed by this headline from Cox Automotive: Dad, new vehicle affordability surges in January. So it's juxtaposed by the fact that automakers are realizing this and now having to incentivize. The uh, sale of their vehicles. We've got here, Dad, the Cox Automotive Moody's Analytics Vehicle Affordability Index. Yes. Would you look at that, man? That's a pretty sharp decline that we just yes. had. This index measures how many weeks worth of income it would take to purchase a new car, plummeting from its highs of 41 weeks of uh, at the median income in america down to 37.5 so you only have to work 37 and a half weeks now folks to afford that new car instead of the 42 41 42 where we were at last year so this is good news right you know bad well, time to own a car but maybe it's becoming a better time to buy a car maybe what's that based on i can't i mean how could that possibly be i mean we know 
we know that the average transaction price has dropped from a, a high water mark of close to forty nine thousand to it's what forty six thousand today, forty six five something. Here, like let me that. let me show you, Dad. Let me let's let's just read a little bit more. Affordability factors support of consumers in January. Median income grew 0.3%. Nice. Okay. Uh, the Kelly Blue Book average new vehicle transaction price declined 2.6% compared to December of last year. And incentives yep. from manufacturers increased slightly. The typical new vehicle loan interest rate declined to 10.28%. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is, this, uh, this is wow. Um, from 10.28% to 10.42%, from 10.42% in yeah. December. As a result of, the, of these changes, the estimated typical monthly payment declined by 3.2% to $751 from $775 in December, down from the all-time high, which was December of 2022, when the average or the typical monthly payment was almost $800. Um, so you've got new vehicle affordability in January being better than a year ago uh, because prices previously were higher, interest rates were lower, but the prices were higher. The estimated number of weeks of median income needed to purchase a, the average new vehicle in January was down 7.7% from last I, I, year. I just, I just find that so hard to believe when when 18% of all monthly payments are in excess of $1,000 on, on their loan, um, which is at the highest level it's ever been. Yeah. And, and, I don't care if the average monthly payment dropped from $775 a month to $751 a month. You can't convince me that at $750 a month, it's affordable. I am a single person. Okay. Unfortunately, um, not by choice. Uh, and and I between Social Security and 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 pay I I do okay. I could never. I mean, I guess I could entertain a payment of seven hundred and fifty dollars a month. I wouldn't, but I suppose I could. Uh, yeah. But there's no way you can convince me that that's affordable. It might be the average, but. We know from from that survey in October that 17% of the buying public out there believes that they can still get a new car. 83% feel like they can't. So until that 83% becomes 43%, the affordability that that Cox is talking about is is a myth. It's just a myth because it's for 17% of the population. Seriously. Seriously. So it's like you can look at stuff like this and hey, but 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 actually we should pause. It is going in the right direction. It is. It is. The indicators that we just read, they are going in the right direction. It's just we've gone so far <laughs> from being yeah. attainable. The yeah. affordability crisis has been we've been focused on it from a vehicle transaction price standpoint. It's an affordability crisis across the board. It really really is. Transaction prices are still way too high. I, I can't yeah. believe we just read the interest rate on a new car has come down from 10.43 to 10.28. That is insanity. Yes. Then you factor in insurance rates. You look at the Bureau up of 20%. Labor Statistics. It's up 21%. You look at Insurify. They say it's up 26%. What a yeah, I, 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 
Yes, yes. Which, which and it's going in the right direction, it, which makes you it forces you to rationalize how high, how terrible things really got. It really does. The charts don't necessarily always do it justice, but we were so far away. Like the, the pandemic really created an environment we had never seen before. And and yet, manufacturers have figured out how to make more money with less. So building fewer vehicles, wholesaling fewer vehicles yeah. to their dealers, um, and 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 producing much more expensive vehicles. Because you know, I've said it before. We, we have we have absolutely abandoned the middle class when it comes to being able to buy a new vehicle. You know, the idea of haves and have-nots um, that that chasm between those two parties, those two groups, has never been wider and deeper than what it is today. 83% of the American population says we can't buy. 83%. Now, I'm pretty sure when, when after World War II and, and you know, people came back and, and manufacturing took the, the concept of, a, of an active middle class that could participate in the American dream. Um, was a lot more realistic then than it is today. I, I just, there are some folks out there, though. Some yeah. folks out there still trying to pursue, right? Like we shouldn't, like you know, give Chevy some credit. The Trax is a sub twenty five thousand yes. dollar new car, and it's selling very well. Credit. Yeah, and give Toyota some credit. You can go get a Corolla and a Camry, uh, sub twenty five thousand yes. dollars. There's options there. And Mazda's, you know, subvented interest rates. We had John on from from Mazda earlier. Like, so, so like there are pockets of it. BYD, we were talking about earlier. They're yeah. obviously coming for the, for the U.S. Ford executives at Ford recently talked about how threatened are that. It's a colossal potential threat from the Chinese uh, more economy uh, uh, price point players. So like there are going to be, it's like anything in life, man. It's like anything. What goes up must come down. Like it, it eventually it moderates. Every single chart we look at. Let's pull up the, the affordability one again. Give me one second here. I already closed it down. But the affordability one, right? Like, it skyrocketed. It went, like, it went berserk. Yes. It'll fall back down in a crazy way over time, and then it'll moderate. I think that's what's going to happen across the board. Vehicle prices, cost of insurance. It'll eventually have to moderate. Could take a freaking decade, but eventually it'll have to moderate. So, so... So for 83% of the American population, the, the idea of having a new car is off the table for the foreseeable future. Until things so. moderate. And then, and then what will happen is we'll see Toyota win by producing more cheap Camrys. We'll see uh, uh, Chevy win by producing more of the cheap tracks. We'll see BYD enter and win. because they. And then what will happen is there won't be an affordability crisis for 83%. There will be really massive companies that hu take huge amounts of market. Are we not watching that happen right now? Stellantis market share is plummeting and their competitors are picking it up. And why is Stellantis uh, falling off in sales? Because the prices of their cars have gone up. We looked at it the other day. Jeep prices are up 61% for the past yeah. five years. Like we're, we're already watching it happen. It's just kind of hard to remove yourself from the, from the forest, you know, to like see the trees or see the trees from the forest. Whatever the saying is, man, when yeah. you read between the tea leaves and you see the forest from the trees, that's when Warren Buffett tells you that when the, tide goes out 
you'll see whose whose shorts are up. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll you'll figure out who's been swimming naked the whole time. There it is. Um, That's what I'm yeah, going for. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I get it. I I get it. And and it. I I just. We're a country of 331 million people. I, I, I just, I just, for the life of me, I just don't get why we abandon 83% of, of that 321 million people. It, go, it, I go, mean, I, I, understand, I, I, I do understand that Obviously, the manufacturers can be successful and profitable, profitable while only catering to the seventeen percent of the population. Against but, Atlantis, the Jeep numbers, yeah. But I just, I just can't believe that somebody hasn't looked at the numbers and said, "Yeah, but we could, we could double our volume if we had more cars that were thirty thousand dollars and below." And even though the profit per percentage on those cars won't be quite as high as our $90,000 vehicles. It would it would just be added profit for our shareholder. I mean, I just I don't know. I I I, I want to show you something. I want to I want to show you something. Everyone that watches this channel, everyone that supports me and my dad, you know our business model, it's always been pivoting. We we indirectly sell new cars now we're not a car dealer but we we have a network of dealers behind the scenes you can buy a car what are we promoting dad on the homepage? under 400 dollars payment possible on the compass under 500 dollars payment possible on the hornet under 500 dollars payment possible on the ram 1500 under 360 dollars payment possible on a Trax. apr incentives from mazda and ford apr incentives from chevrolet mazda like we hear it. We see yes. it. The next dealer that we've got lined up is a Toyota dealer. Why? Because everyone wants cheaper. We're, we're not trying to sign up a BMW dealer, although it'd be fine because there's customers that want. But like, yes. even we, I mean, we, we, we got it. You kind of have to talk. You have to walk, the, talk the walk, walk the talk. I'm struggling today, man. You, you got to walk are. the talk. You really do. You have to put it into practice what you're preaching. And look at that. Look at that stupid homepage. It's all about price points that people can actually afford. Coming from the OTD guys, which is kind of ironic yeah. if I can say so myself. Obviously, we show you an OTD, but like you really need to be focused right now. If you're a business trying to help consumers, you really need to be focused on pricing, and you really need to be focused on making it affordable. Okay, that's a great thing that you just said. Um, but are the manufacturers really focused on consumers? Are they? Are they focused on making things affordable for the for the majority of Americans as opposed to the smaller minority of Americans? And it seems to me, uh, based on the statistics that we look at, that they are perfectly content to only cater to the 17% of the American population that, that feels as if they can afford to buy a car. And and I just I I don't understand why you abandon 80% of your potential customers. I, I just, there's gotta be, there has to be a oh, way. Man. Yeah. There yeah. has to be a way where you could have both. Yeah. There just has to and be. It, 
And again, for those of you just joining us, today's conversation wasn't even about the worst time to buy a car because actually we saw the data. It's getting better. It's getting more affordable. It's the worst time to own a car because insurance, auto insurance, the BLS latest data, 21% increase year over year. It's the fastest auto insurance, motor vehicle insurance has gone up year over year ever. They've been keeping track of it. So we were really focusing on ownership today. But yeah, the, 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 the affordability of purchasing a vehicle is still a huge conundrum for the industry. It'll be one of the biggest talking points for the next couple of years. And you will see more and more players come into that space to try and to try and steal market share. It, it explains why I lease. I know what my fixed costs are for 36 months. Thank you very much. I know what they are. Okay. If there's if there's tremendous depreciation in my vehicle, that ain't my problem. That's many financial services problem. Okay. Yeah. My cars is covered for maintenance for the 36 months that I own it. If the cost of maintenance for that vehicle goes up, I don't care. That's Minnie's problem. I know my fixed costs and the only variable is is the two variables are the cost of gasoline. And, you know, when you fill your tank once every two months, that's not a deal breaker. Okay. And, and the, the other is, uh, my insurance has gone up. Those are my variables. That's it. Uh, Yeah. No, leasing brings you a lot of, uh, uh, comfort and also, Security, yeah, and we also see automakers pushing to that becomes a little bit more challenging when you can't actually buy your lease out at the end, which is a push from the industry. Let's switch Mm -hmm. gears, Dad. I want to go to our favorite segment of the show. Before we do, I do want to mention one quick thing. So stick around. We've got a good, really, you got to be kidding me. Back on CarEdge.com right now. For those of you that are looking to protect your vehicle, get the extended warranty, we are running our end of month. We're doing like a President's Day promotion. So I got to talk to the team because it doesn't even say it on the website right now. There's $150 off from whatever number you see quoted when you're on CarEdge.com. And I just want to demonstrate, it is really simple, gang. Like there's no smoke and mirrors here. You choose that Camry. If you got a newer one, put in that it has zero to 12,000 miles. You can get your quote estimate. There are no games here. There's no pop-up that says, okay, we need your credit card info. There's no social security number or anything like that. This number for this Toyota Camry for a 10 years, 100,000 miles, $100 deductible, minus $150 is what the ultimate price would be. So please go check that out. We're running that from President's Day. It'll run through the end of the month. I'll talk to the team that actually getting it to say that on the website. Can we do our favorite segment of the show, Pops? Really? You gotta be kidding me. All right. If enough people buy our extended warranty, maybe we'll be able to uh, do it lifted. Lyft CEO says, my bad on margin air. It was zero. Dad, did you hear about this? No, I did not. All righty, Pops. The other day in Lyft's financial reporting, they yes. erroneously projected a particular measure of earnings margin to be exp- uh, to expand by an eye-watering 500 basis points. In reality, Lyft expects margins to grow 50 basis points. <laughs> Quote, this was a bad air, the CEO said, but it was 1-0 in a press release. Again, if, if enough folks buy extended warranties, maybe our earnings, we can just say it grew by 500 <laughs> basis points instead of 50. This was a bad one, man. The stock. Did you see what happened to the stock? Uh, it must have gone up dramatically uh, when and they then first it went announced down. <laughs> <laughs> And then it went down a poop ton when they said, oh, no, it's only 50 basis points, not 500. 
Yeah, that's exactly, man. Here, I'll I'll share this on the screen. It is uh, the CFO. I don't know if he's looking for a job or she's looking for a job. So this was when the earnings came out. Yeah, Whoop, skyrocketed, and then wow. this is when they corrected it an hour later, and it came right back down, and then it went right back up, and now they're doing fine. But still, man, absolute craziness over at Lyft. Um, which which goes to prove that that even big companies can have typos. Um you know you you usually send me things to read because for whatever reason my my eyes go right to whatever the typos are i don't know why that is but it does um you know i i was i was reading an article in the arizona republic yesterday okay. about about our beloved cardinals i don't know why we love them but we do because we love losers um and and in the article it had it's the word held when they put a D where they meant to put a P. Okay. It was supposed to say they need the help, not they need the held because yeah. what the hell does that mean? So, so, you know, even newspapers, big, I mean, you know, people just miss it. Um, is why you get a pre-purchase inspection on a used car, folks. This whole conversation ties to that that like fundamental truth about being a human being. We miss stuff. Get a pre-purchase inspection on a used car. Yeah. I mean, it's so um, is it unfortunate? Yes, it's unfortunate. Should somebody have caught it? Yes, somebody should have caught it. Um, does it happen every damn day of the week? Probably every hour of every damn day of the week. It's just, you know, poop happens. Or yeah. as they say in the Navy, ship happens. Um, ship happens. Ship happens. And, and that's just a case of it. But, it, but uh, yeah, to, to, to project 10X over what it really is, uh, is, is really yes, kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely crazy, man. Absolutely yeah. crazy. All right, folks, that's a show. We'll be back tomorrow with more news yeah. news at noon Eastern time. I have a, a few ideas for tomorrow's show. We've got new market day supply data from Cox that we didn't even jump into today. Uh, so look out for the headline, Stellantis uh, 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 failing, Stellantis. I, they've got an oversupply of inventory. We're going to dig into the numbers. Pops, thanks for doing today's show. Always have fun with you. And uh, yeah, enjoy the day. Yeah, you do the same. I... Uh... I um, I look forward to uh, noon on a daily basis, Sonny boy. <laughs>